What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. This episode of the Big MX Radio podcast is brought to you by FMF. For 45 years, FMF has brought the power. Head over to fmfracing.com to learn more. I'm sure you've already been there. Go and check out The Drop. T-shirts you cannot buy in stores. They're not available online. The only way you're going to get those T-shirts from FMF, plus you love those T-shirts that FMF makes, they're awesome. Go to go to The Drop, get The Drop, a T-shirt every single month, a $25 value. Uh, if you're in the States, shipped to your door. Check it out, The Drop, FMF. This episode with Jordan Smith, you guys got to hear this episode. This excellent, excellent interview with just one of the most preeminent athletes within the sport of motocross. And I know that he doesn't have any championships to his credit yet, but just you wait and see. Jordan Smith is on the rise, and uh, I think the guy is about to just hit his stride as far as his, his professional career. Uh, so awesome for him to come on the podcast. We had to also bring on Jake Parnell, the 264 in your program. Probably uh, many of you don't know who he is, but he's a local guy who's got a heart of gold. He's got a great story, um, and he's got a, a ton of heart. So, uh, And he also won a, an exclusive um, Trolley Designs Instagram contest to go down to Straight Rhythm, meet Jordan Smith, meet... Um, Shane McElrath. He meets Shane McElrath, and uh, it was an awesome weekend. Shane, of course, wins two strokes, the whole nine yards, and, and just the cherry on top to uh, to Jake's season, which has been a, kind of a Cinderella story, a guy who's dealt with some inner demons, um, went away from dirt bikes a little bit, coming back to it. He's uh, he's He's been sober for a, a, a good long time now, and he's just been so strong with it, and he's a true inspiration. Please listen to this podcast, and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. As always, if you have requests, if you have anything to say about the podcast, if you want to give in your two cents, you want to weigh in on what we're doing here on Big MX Radio, which of course is brought to you by the Fast House and FMF and the Collective Experience and W Wheels USA and Seat Concepts, um, Check, check those guys out as well. Um, yeah, hit me up. Direct message. Brad Gebhardt, 88gmail.com. You can also hit me up on direct message on uh, Big MX Radio on uh, um, through uh, the Instagram. Check me out. Follow both those accounts because I post on both of them. Kind of different things sometimes, you see. Uh, but yeah, enjoy this podcast. And, all, as, a, and as always, because I can't talk today. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF and the Fast House. You'll find an FMF exhaust system on the tail section and making all kinds of noise on Jordan Smith's 250F as well as uh, a 252 stroke if he does choose to ride it. And now he's on the podcast. He's a repeat offender here on the Big MX Radio Podcast and uh, pleased and proud to join us. Jordan, how's it going? Ah, It's going pretty good. How's it going for you? 
Hey, no complaints, my friend. Uh, we are in the throes of fall here. Uh, winter's knocking on the door, um, but uh, I'm all smiles because tomorrow is my 30th birthday. Well, happy birthday, happy uh, early birthday there, hitting the big uh, three zero, huh? The three zero, absolutely. Don't remind me, it's happening tomorrow, but uh, <laughs> we're 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 stoked on it. We're uh, all, all lines are firing, and, and we're, uh, we're we're moving onward and upward. But uh, we're right. Also, as as much as we're in the throes of fall, we're also in the throes of the the off season. And uh, for you guys, that means testing season as as well as uh, wedding season. I think that's probably the, like that's the, the theme of this year's off season is everyone's getting married. I guess you probably would have attended one with uh, maybe Shane McElrath's uh, wedding last year. Um, so before we get into too too many moto related things, like what moto related weddings have you attended, and which one was the most fun? Yeah, uh, I think I've only um, been to three of them. Uh, I've been to uh, my trainers, uh, Brian's, couple couple years ago. Uh, that was my first wedding since I was like a little kid, so it was like kind of the first wedding that I remembered uh, nice. down at the beach. Um, it got delayed a little bit because a hurricane was coming through, but uh, it went smoothly. And then uh, last year, I went, like you said, I went to Shane Macarath. That was uh, that was really cool. It was in California, out by the wineries, and a night, really nice wedding. And then and then this year, I went to uh, Peyton Peyton Stevenson's. He's uh, Roxon's practice mechanic. Okay. I uh, went to his went to his wedding. Um, it was in in Florida. Uh, down by Gainesville, and that was uh, that was probably one of the the, the coolest weddings. It was uh, just kind of like a kind of a ranch, and got married under this big oak, like a really really old oak tree. And then uh, the reception and dinner and all that was in this uh, really cool uh, kind of barn, and uh, so that was that was cool. So uh, been fortunate enough to to share those special moments with the, with a few of my close friends. So that's cool. Fair enough, and um, yeah, have you ever had? Uh, like obviously, those those are the three you've been. Clearly, you, you haven't been in a wedding party yet. You haven't had to stand up in anyone's wedding just yet. Uh, yeah, actually, at uh, at Brian's, uh, okay. my trainer's, I I was a uh, groomsman in that. So, uh, and in uh, in a couple, I guess, whenever I was younger, that I don't remember, I was kind of like a ring bearer or whatever i think in like two or three whenever i was a little kid so fair enough i like it i like was it was busy oh. in the wedding scene back then yeah for sure well you gotta, you gotta get the those in uh because you guys don't have a very small window in which to uh attain ungodly levels of fitness as well as dial in those motorcycles and maybe attend a few weddings here and there um uh, one part of which you were doing today, you'd mentioned uh, off air that you were doing some supercross testing today. I'm sure you're, you're deep into, into that. Um, and we've seen you have some serious success over the last couple of years in supercross. Um, like what, what's the, what are the biggest differences between like your, your supercross bike last year to what it might be this year? Uh, and as a tester, what are you, uh, most apt to, uh, to testing? Like, what are you most sensitive about? What, what do you like to, to, have your bike do it yeah so from this year to last year uh the bikes are actually a, a lot different uh we have a completely new chassis this year um on the on the 250f uh compared to last year so uh it's been it's taken a little bit to kind of you know get used to that with the other one it's just you know it, it kind of fit like a glove and and uh and it we were used to it you know that's the biggest thing we it was predictable we knew exactly what it was going to do you know we we rode it every day for you know two years so 
um, we knew exactly what it was going to do. And, and then now we have a, a new chassis that's, it's not, um, it's not a ton different, but it does, you know, it, it reacts differently whenever you hit different stuff. So, um, not that it's bad, but it's just different and, you know, it takes some getting used to and, and putting the laps in on it and, and, uh, yeah, just trying to get comfortable. So we've, uh, we just got back to the East coast, uh, last week. So, um, some of the guys flew out and doing some testing on some different dirt down here and, uh, trying to get these things dialed in and, and, uh, just ready to, to get to training and get ready for, for Supercross. Absolutely. Now let, let's uh, take just a short look into the, the rear view mirror because I didn't get a chance to talk to you during the, the outdoor season uh, as I wasn't able to attend uh, Millville this year. But uh, it seemed to me that uh, most people uh, when they were kind of analyzing your outdoor year and it's kind of like your performances throughout the summer um, weren't keeping in mind the fact that the last time you had seriously raced outdoors uh, was on a Honda um, over a year before this last year's uh, um, Hangtown, and uh, because obviously you know, with the, the knee injury, you weren't really able to, to spend much time doing outdoors with the, with the KTM, with the Switch, and then um, well, when you switched from Hondas, and um, just like the fact that like, I, 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 you, could, you could completely call me, uh, like you say that I'm totally wrong on this one, but it seemed like the, uh, the Troy Lee guys, up until about halfway through the season, were kind of fighting their setup a little bit as far as being totally comfortable. Like, I think both yourself and Shane and even uh, Alex at times were really kind of disagreeing with like, they like, like not you were disagreeing with the, the chassis, but just something wasn't quite allowing you guys to just totally go. Am I on, am I on the right track there or completely uh total idiot? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, definitely somewhat on the right track. I mean, we okay. definitely, uh, you know, like, like you said, I, I took the whole summer off the year before, you know, um, with, the, with a knee injury. And, and so, like you said, I, I hadn't raced outdoors since I was a Honda and, you know, I've, I'm a completely different rider from, from those days. And, uh, and so, you know, it was, it was, uh, a big learning curve, you know, coming back into outdoors again and, and get my feet wet in it again, you know, it's, um, I felt like we made good progress and, uh, yeah, we, um, we, about halfway through the season, we did some big, big testing and, uh, they came to the East coast and, and helped us out on the track, the, the TLD team and, and, uh, our brand and our suspension guy. And we, and we did some, made some really good progress. And, uh, I think it was right after, uh, we did that. I came out at, um, uh, which one was, I think it was at Millville. Yeah. was the first race after that and i podiumed uh the first moto and then uh had a little bad luck in the second moto almost finished on the podium overall but yeah um, you seemed to flip so a switch all of a sudden when the bike felt yeah different. yeah it was it was a lot it was a lot uh, i felt a lot more comfortable and and uh just things you know it was a lot easier to ride and and uh feeling good and then uh, backed it up the next week with uh with another podium uh uh in the first moto um and so yeah it was just you know at that point then i was feeling really good and and we had to take the break um that we had there at the end of the season where i felt like i i i wanted the break but at the same time i had like some momentum going and was ready to just keep rolling and then we went to unadilla and it was you know uh, just a slot fest super muddy and so it's hard to touch anything there and then 
um, at Bud's Creek. I didn't have a good weekend and, and had a couple of crashes and uh, got a little banged up. And then at Indiana, I uh, went down and pressed a uh, kind of a sketchy section they had set up for press day and um, and went down and, and hurt my knee again. So I had to sit out that weekend. So, you know, uh, we got some things rolling there in the middle of the season. I was feeling really good on the bike and, you know, with my fitness and everything about it. And, uh, and then, you know, kind of petered out at the end of the end of the year, but overall, you know, I think it was good. We, we learned a lot. And, uh, I think that, uh, that this year outdoors should, you know, I definitely have, um, higher expectations than, uh, than what, what I accomplished last year. So, or, or this, this year outdoors. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to outdoors again next year and, and, you know, just, being more consistent and and being the the rider that I know that I can be on outdoors. Absolutely, a champion at the bit to jump outdoors, and we haven't even started Supercross yet. So, yeah. um, I've, and that's great to hear. It's good to hear that you guys, in fact, were like not. It's good to hear that you guys were struggling, but it's good that I, I was kind of on the right track with that, and you guys were able to sort things out. And uh, yeah, like the once you guys had that bike, kind of uh, at least. Like handling better to your liking, uh, your your results seem to uh, to really change for you. Other than those last three rounds, which two of them being complete mutters and uh, just an off day at Bud's Creek, can't really do too much about that. But um, so rolling yeah. into uh, Supercross this year, um, I, I think in the past we've seen you on the East Coast each time, and not to not to get into what speculation of of which coast you're going to be on. If if you had to ask me, I would assume you're going to be East. But uh, um, that aside, um, what needs to happen so that you're most prepared for the first round of whatever Supercross uh, series that you race in? Like, um, like are, is there any particular spot in your game that you feel like you need to improve on? Is there something that uh, a strength that you really want to build off of and, and bring that that sort of that mentality to other things in your game and all the tricks in your uh, in your bag? Like, what are you focusing on? rolling into uh, the first round that you'll be racing, uh, whether it's East or West? Yeah. I mean, uh, overall, you know, for my last two years in Supergrass have been really good and, uh, two years in a row close to the championship. But, uh, obviously the, the goal is to, to win the championship this year. You know I mean? Uh, we're, we definitely will not be happy with anything less than that. I think, uh, that goes for Shane and I both. Uh, whichever coast we race and and you know we're uh i'm actually down in florida right now um and and shane and i are doing a lot of riding together and stuff so uh trying to push each other um during the off season to to be as ready as we can and you know i think that we can both learn things from each other uh with you know stuff on the track or the starts and, and this and that and we and we push each other really good and we get along good so uh it's working working good so far and you know i mean Supercross is just such a, it's, it's just tough, you know, it's, you gotta be, you gotta be on point on, you know, every, every single obstacle that they, that they might throw out there, you know, cause, uh, especially in the East coast or West coast 250 series with it only being, you know, non races compared to the 450 being, um, 17. being 17 races. Uh, it's, you know, one bad night can, can kind of do it for you, you know? So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's how I kind of felt last year. My first two rounds, I went six, six and you know, that I was playing major catch up from that point on from the, for the rest of the season. And I closed that gap down, but you know, that's, 
I think I was, I want to say I was like 15 or 18, between 15 and 18 points down after the first two races. And that's just, you know, that's too many to, to try and make up whenever you're racing guys that are so good and so consistent like Zach was last year. You know, he's not on a, on a bad night. If you win and, and he has a, a not so good night, you know, you might make up six or seven, eight points, you know, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, so, so it's, it's tough with, you know, just, you know, if one night they have big whoops, you have to be ready to hit those big whoops. If, uh, if another one, there's, you know, a, a big rhythm, you have to be willing to, to hit that rhythm and, you know, you just can't afford to waste the night in Supergrass. So, uh, yeah, just been, been really working on, you know, the, the whoops and, and, uh, I felt like, uh, the whoops are one of my strong points, but at the same time, sometimes I, uh, I kind of, whenever they get a little bit gnarlier and cupped out, I kind of start to struggle a little bit with them and it kind of messes up the whole track for me. So, uh, that's been one of my focuses this off season is trying to, uh, just hit every set of whoops more consistent. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's like you, like everyone always says, it's all about the start too. So, uh, keep, keep pounding the start sound and, uh, hopefully get a few hole shots next year. Absolutely, and, and yeah, I think the the start is uh, sort of what derailed uh, your season to, to the, from the get go this last year. Uh, I, from what I remember, not the best of starts, and then uh, buddy years, uh, Jeremy Martin uh, gave you a little uh, uh, help to to give you get you that sixth place spot uh, uh, in that first round. Maybe maybe uh, a, a tiny bit of bad blood there uh, after that first round uh, of the two of you guys getting together. <laughs> Uh, and, and then from there, Zach, like you said, super, uh, consistent, tough to make up time on a guy who's, uh, who's, he's near the front of the pack every single weekend. Uh, I can't give yep. too much up to a guy like that. So that being said, um, do you see yourself, um, as like the guy to beat, uh, w- whether it be East or West? Uh, I mean, yeah, in my eyes, I think so. Um, you know, at this, at the same time, it's like, there's so many of us that are so good, you know, you have to have a lot of things go your way and, uh, you have to put yourself in good positions. So, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to focus on anyone else other than myself and, and just trying to, uh, you know, just be as ready as I can. And I know that, uh, that, that should be enough, you know, is if I'm ready every weekend and, and stay healthy during the off season, then, uh, whenever I show up to, to round one, then, it should go, you know, how I want it to. So, um, but yeah, you know, like you said, with the last year, I got two bad starts and, and it wasn't even, you know, I, I came out, it's like, if I would have came out in 10th place, it's not a great start, but I could have made it work. But it's like, whenever you come out and you get a bad start and you get in a pile up because of it, then that's whenever you're really behind the eight ball. And it's just a hard night from there. You know, you're just playing catch up the whole time and you just got to dig as deep as you can. And, uh, yeah. And like you said, Jeremy and I got together there at the last one and it's like, you know, it was last lap. I spent the, the whole race trying to catch him. He was right in front of me. And it's like, man, like if I have this chance to, to, I'm going to try and take it, you know, because you know, like that's, that's more points. And, and I've spent the whole race, you know, just pounding laps and, and trying as hard as I can to get every single guy. And I have that, that shot to get that extra position there before the finish line. And, and, uh, yeah, I tried to take it. So it, uh, it didn't work out so well, but, um, yeah, we, we talked afterwards and everything. And I think, think we're all good for the most part. So, 
uh, try not to have any more of that next year. <laughs> Fair enough. I think uh, safe to say that Cole Thompson knows exactly how you feel uh, about that one. Not sure if you saw uh, the Canadian uh, Supercross round came down to the last corner and there was a collision. Yeah. Honda rider on, uh, or KTM on Honda uh, again. And uh, I think yeah. based on scoring, they gave it to the KTM. So uh, okay. that's sometimes the thing works out. Yeah, I, uh, I, I saw a little bit about that. I don't know the whole story about it. Um, I know Cole pretty good. Uh, yeah. we, we did some training together a couple of years ago. And okay. We're my good buddies. And, uh, and so I, I don't know the whole story about it there. But, uh, yeah, it's, that I mean, that's just how racing goes. We every you know in the first round of the of the series, especially where you have this whole long off season and and you're working so hard and training so hard, and then something goes wrong, and you're just like, you know, you you go out there for for 15 minutes plus one lap and trying as hard as you can, and 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 you you come down to the last lap and it, you just have so much into it. You know, you just want to get that, that one last position if you can, you know, and, and, uh, and sometimes it just doesn't, doesn't work out how, how you anticipate it to. And, and, uh, and it might make you look bad or, or whatever, but it's just racing, you know, it's the last lap. It, it happens, you know? So, um, but yeah, some people get pretty upset about it and, you know, for the most part, I think I'm pretty easy going whenever it comes to that. You know, I think that it's just just racing and, and everyone's trying to, to get that position, whether you're in fifth, sixth, or you're battling for the lead. Everyone's trying to get those points and, and get the positions because we all work so hard for it during the off season. Absolutely. I totally agree, my friend. Now, something a little bit less serious, but uh, very close to my heart. Of course, you know I'm a huge two-stroke guy. I uh, I bleed premixed fuel. I don't know if you know that, but that's the case. Uh, and I also happen to ride a KTM 252 stroke. You yourself were able to compete on one not two weeks ago. Um, Shane McElrath uh, uh, honestly didn't have too many awesome things to say about it, which actually broke my heart. So please don't do that to me right now. What was it like racing the beautiful and throaty 252 stroke from, from KTM? And, uh, yeah, like what was that like riding that thing? They sounded good. They looked good. Um, everything about it was just perfect to me. Yeah, it was, yeah, for me, I mean, it was a lot of fun to switch it up, you know? Uh, it's something different. I, I always loved riding, uh, the 125s whenever I was growing up and racing schoolboy class. And, and that was one of my, my favorite bikes just because you could just kind of, you know, just ride it wide open and, and ride it as hard as you could get everything out of the bike. So, uh, that, that was a lot of fun to me and, and getting on the 252 stroke, it was, it was quite a bit different than, than the 120. Then I remember the 125 being, it was, it was really hard to ride, uh, especially on the actual supercross track. Whenever we first tested it, like on um, I think Wednesday before straight rhythm, we rode it for the first time, and and it was like really really hard to ride. Just it the power was so on and off that it was just really tough to to do <laughs> the jumps to time the jumps the right way. But then you you come over the finish line and at KTM and take a take a left and there's a set of whoops and it's so much fun to hit the whoops on the, on the two strokes. It's like, wow, wow, wow. And just, you know, you can just like on that, it doesn't really matter how high in the RPMs you get. It just kind of just like pulls and just, it was a lot of fun. Uh, whenever we got to straight rhythm, I think it was even 
for me, it was a little bit easier to ride on straight rhythm, not having to kind of roll the power on in the corners and stuff, mm-hmm. just letting it go in a straight line. That was uh, easier for me to ride. But, uh, at the same time, you kind of go back and you're like, man, I'm really glad that we don't have to ride carbureted bikes anymore because that was, uh, just trying to get those things dialed in. It's like, uh, definitely, definitely don't think I missed out on any of that. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Getting that thing all kinds of crispy to make sure that, uh, all things are right here. We're going to try to, uh, to finish this call with something extra special. Um, actually forgot to mention this to you, but, uh, um, at Red Bull Straight Rhythm, you guys had a special guest, um, like who who won a trip to um, to Red Bull Straight Rhythm to be part of the team for the day. Uh, he's his yep. name is Jake Parnell, and he's actually a good friend of mine. He's from my neck of the woods, and I actually loaned him my KTM 252 stroke to race earlier this season when his Husqvarna was down. Um, before I let you go, would you mind if we we add him to this phone call and uh, and he can uh, kind of like tell you how much he enjoyed. Um, being able to be around you guys and and just that whole experience. Yeah, man, of course, of course. Absolutely. Let's see if we can add him quickly. Uh, Jake Parnell here on the Big MX radio podcast show. Um, it's, it's, it's so awesome to have a guy like yourself on uh, the show uh, because like you, you just – so talkative, so well read, um, and, and I, I just can't—I can't get enough of the, the the passion that you have for this sport, uh, Jordan. And uh, I feel like the fans really uh, connect with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, try to be. I uh, I try to be as you know friendly as I can be, and and as whenever I was a kid, you know, I remember Hello? I raced the. Yeah, you know? oh, go, go ahead, go yeah. ahead, uh, uh, okay. Jordan. Uh, yeah, so whenever I was a kid, I raced the, the KTM Junior Challenge. And, uh, yeah, I just remember Travis Pastrana was uh, one of the guest speakers that we had. And I remember, you know, just like kind of the electricity that he brought to all of us kids and and how he smiled for every picture, gave the thumbs up, you know, how how, how nice he was to us. That was, that was a big deal to me as a kid. And, and I, try to, I try to bring that same, you know, um, electricity to, to all the fans that come up and you know, sometimes we're having a bad day or you catch us at a bad time and it, it's, it's tough to always be like that, you know, but, um, but I, I, I try to be like that and, and it is, it is genuine too. It's, uh, for the most, unless I'm having a bad day on the track for the most part, I'm a pretty happy, uh, easygoing guy. So. Well, that's cool. And, uh, hopefully he's going to answer the phone soon. Jake oh. Parnell, Jake Parnell on the Big MX radio podcast. We are, you are joining the phone call with uh, myself and Jordan Smith. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, like a bit of re- a reunion for the two of you guys. Uh, I've, actually the two of you have seen each other more recently than I've seen either one of you. So I guess you guys can just take <laughs> it from here. Yeah. Hey, Jordan, how's it going, man? Uh, pretty oh, good. Nice just, uh, yeah, I just got done with a long day of uh, long day of testing. Oh, that's awesome! Must be nice to ride and have some uh, nice weather this time of year. Yeah, is it nice and cold up there? Up there, where you're from? Oh yeah, she's right around zero pretty much every day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, thirty-two degrees roughly. Wow, well, it's uh, yeah, it's not. Uh, not that cold here. It was nice and hot here today, and uh, I was I was sweating pretty bad. It was really humid. We've had a lot of rain lately, so it was pretty humid and and sweaty out there today. Fair enough. Well, uh, so 
Jordan, like you're a part of the team. You have fans coming through all the time. Uh, you're not always with like a, a special VIP fan experience sort of thing. Uh, but uh, like, what were your interaction with a guy like Jake? Who uh, who comes in? He's uh, like eyes as wide as he can get them because he kind of looks like he's squinting all the time. Um, but yep. uh, <laughs> um, what was it like having having a guy like Jake around? Because uh, he's obviously huge, passionate about the sport. Um, you're riding a 252 stroke. He raced one this year when he captured the B title in the 250 class locally. Um, what was your interaction with uh, with a young guy who's just so passionate about the sport? Yeah, I mean, it's really cool to you know see see his eyes light up whenever he got out there and, and got to see the, the track and the bikes and everything. And, uh, yeah, we did some, some good talking about the bike and just kind of about the same stuff that we were just talking about on the 252 stroke uh, on here. Uh, we did that, had kind of that same conversation and, and uh, talked to him a little bit from the – he's uh, up there from, from Canada, I believe, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we talked about that and stuff and, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to, to see him and, uh, and yeah, it was, uh, to have him there and, and kind of supporting us and, and just, you know, to have someone like that come in and, and see what we do and, and see how it goes was, uh, was pretty cool. You know, you could see, see how much he kind of appreciated it and, and how much his eyes lit up as I'd like to say, whenever, whenever he got to see the whole, the whole thing go down. Absolutely. Now, Jake, uh, you just wrapped up a, a championship season with, uh, the, the end of the year banquet this last weekend, get collecting your hardware. Um, once the, the season was done, you were able to, to win that, uh, sweepstakes head down to, uh, Pomona, California and, uh, like listening to these bikes, interacting with these riders. What was your biggest takeaway from seeing uh, a guy like Jordan, doing what he does, which he, he, they're, they're so talented, they're so professional, and uh, I, I'd like to think that Jordan's probably one of the better uh, ambassadors of the sport that way. Uh, yeah, no, it was, the whole experience was was incredible, and uh, I've watched it on TV for so many years, but, but to see it up close in person and have the guys really give you the time of day, which, you know, I didn't feel like they needed to, but they certainly did. And uh yeah, I think I think the biggest thing I took away from it was that um this stuff really happens, you know, like for me it's it's TVs and video games and all these places that I've seen this stuff exist in uh in my life, but to go and see it in person and realize that, you know, people do this for a living and Maybe I'm not ever going to sign like, like Jordan Smith or Shane Rockerath, but to see behind the scenes and, and maybe one day get involved with that, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Absolutely. I'm glad you were able to enjoy it. And, uh, and, and Jordan, I do appreciate just how much of a ambassador you are. And, and, and like you said, you did the, the KJSC, uh, and know that value of these kids. Like it's, it's, it's a once in a lifetime for a lot of them to be able to get, to get that close to their heroes and, uh, for you to be able to on a routine basis seize that day and, uh, and make that an extra special experience for so many over the years is, uh, is something that uh, is, I don't take lightly whatsoever, and, uh, and, and you should be committed for that for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely am. I always try to have a smile on my face and, uh, and say hello to as many people as I can. You know, it's, uh, with, it's, it's tough in our sport with how, 
Um, you know, for the most part, a lot of the fans never see us with our helmets off. You know, they don't, they don't know, uh, they don't, they don't see our faces. They don't see our personalities whenever they do see us for, you know, on TV, getting interviewed or something. And, and we always seem so serious, but for the most part, whenever we're just hanging out back at the truck or, or, you know, at the track testing or practicing, it's, it's not so serious. It, I mean, it's obviously still serious, but at the same time, we're all having a good time joking around with each other. And, and uh, yeah, I think Jake probably got to kind of witness a little bit of that at Straight Rhythm. It was a uh, very relaxed atmosphere there. Uh, with We didn't have the, the semi there, and we were just all there having a good time and, and hanging out. Troy was running around the pits and uh, acting crazy as, as usual. And, uh, and yeah, we had, a, we had a good time there. Awesome, man. Well, uh, Jordan, I appreciate you taking some time this evening after a long, hard day uh, of testing and everything else that you've had to do. I'm sure you're, it's probably dinner time, and your dinner's probably getting cold by now. So we'll let you go <laughs> here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. It's so glad I'm so glad to have you on. Uh, we'll have you on again before uh, the gate drops, which with whichever. Uh, coast you end up racing in fact uh, if you are in fact racing east maybe bringing you on for a uh, a race review of some sort uh for the west would be kind of neat but uh yeah we'll like uh, we won't take up any more of your time but appreciate it and uh and jake if you want to uh say anything to to jordan go for it yeah jordan uh just thanks again man for everything uh i got your goggles hanging up in my room and it sucks a little bit that you signed the lens because I had actually planned to wear those. But no, I'm <laughs> well, we could probably get you another set of uh, of Oakley goggles. Like, uh, like uh, yep. we could probably call somebody up to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, we could probably we could probably pull some strings to get you at least a new uh, at least a new lens if you want. <laughs> here, here, Jordan is thinking that he's he's giving uh, Jake a memento that he's going to uh, hold on to and uh, cherish right? for a lot of years. And Jake's like, I can't wait to put some tear offs on those suckers. Yeah, he's like, I can't, I can't wait to can't wait to change the lens out. Yeah, put his no lens, doubt. Throw, throw Jordan's sign lens in the trash and take these things to the track <laughs> wow just brutal but uh jake we'll, we'll uh we'll see what we can do about getting you some uh some fresh oakley's uh that may or may not have still been sweated in by jordan smith at some point but uh yeah jordan yep. i appreciate the time my friend um i'll dial you up again once uh, you get that uh, ktm 250f completely dialed in sometime in mid-december and uh yeah we'll, we'll do this all over again sound good all right, sounds good, man. I'll uh, get to talk to you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. All right, take care. Yep, have a good Thanks, Joe. Yep, Bye. see you, see you, Jake. We're going to do whatever we want, and if you're cool with it, you're cool with it. If you're not, we're still going to do the thing. I can just let go. Put our middle fingers up with a smile and let it roll. It's not just go out there and train to be number one because it's more losers and winners in this world. I grew up in Newhall. That was 805. I got into this can. I said, that is a badass fucking can. The beer's even better inside. We have a band of brothers. They're different. They just like to have a good time and live life, have fun, and kill it. Fast house is nothing but fun. We all want to feel good. 
the average guy can go out there, throw down. I do it my way, and it's all that matters. It's not easy to do this shit. My girl's looking at me to support her, and I'm got a broken leg from dirt bike. You see a lot of people that fall out of it. It's all so based on results and being the winner. That mentality of the 60s, 70s, that's what we try to do is bring that back where it's not so serious. I don't really like the super competitiveness of it. I like to bring something that's more lighthearted. Probably all serious about it at one point and kind of realize let's just have fun. That's what my old man did, and it just really resonated with me riding a dirt bike on that fine line of glory and disaster. Throw your leg over a bike and haul ass across the desert and feel free. 90% of people that own a motorcycle go out on the weekends and they just want to have fun. Can't ever take that for granted. Two wheels till the wheels fall off, man. Once I feel like you become a man, you know, you get off the track and you're exhausted. Just an ice cold beer, just nothing sounds better than that. This fast house career is gonna break the mold how it used to be and maybe even then some. Since 1973, FMF has been about getting more out of riding motorcycles. More power, more wins, more fun. For 39 years, we've been rolling up our sleeves, building our factory, engineering and manufacturing the world's finest performance exhausts. Innovation and American craftsmanship makes FMF today's leader in performance. And then there were two. Now leaving the phone call is, is Jordan Smith, but now we've got Jake Parnell. We've only got a few minutes to, to talk with Jake. Um, but uh, Jake, gl- glad for you to, to join us on the podcast here. Uh, you're a guy who uh, I've known literally, um, well, I've, I've, we've known each other or been around each other longer than we've known each other, if that makes sense. Um, my first ever motocross race that I ever did uh, Jake Parnell was to my left, uh, and you likely beat me in that race because I think I was either dead last or next to dead last. Uh, so uh, congratulations to that, but also congratulations on your uh, 2018 season, a season where you saw yourself um, racing a 252 stroke for, a fir- for the first time in quite some time, and then uh, find a ton of success on that throughout this summer, uh, the 13-round series. Um, here in Manitoba, where you were able to uh, capture that coveted um, 250B class uh, trophy, one of the most competitive classes in Manitoba, and uh, you were able to lay claim to the championship um, earlier this year. That was pretty special, and uh, you're you're actually a pretty cool story. So I'm glad to have you on. Well, yeah, thanks a lot, Brad. Uh, yeah, I I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm I'm glad that you were able to make some time for us this evening. Um, like before, we kind of get into your season. How long have you been racing dirt bikes? How long have you been around the sport? And how how serious have you been taking it over the years and uh, getting to where you're at right now? Um, I started 
racing dirt bikes, I believe I was like uh, 10 years old. I started in the in the 65 class, and the first race I went to, the first race I went to was actually on an 80, and I showed up with steel toe boots and a helmet and uh, left in tears because I had no idea what racing really was, and I remember stalling at, at the, uh, well, there was no gate, it was a flag stop in St. Anne's. But yeah, so that that was my first race. I stalled the bike, went home in tears. I was a little young, a little short. And I came back to race 65 and uh, ended up lining up against you, I guess, the next year on on 80s. And uh, yeah, I raced up until uh, junior ranks. I ended up doing quite well as a junior rider. Um, some things happened in my life where I got distracted from racing and Ended up kind of on the sidelines, not really doing much for almost 10 years. And just uh, just two years ago, I decided to make a, make a comeback part of my story and, and kind of make a bucket list, if you will, and start checking boxes off. And uh, I didn't feel like I was done in motocross, so I came back and, and I couldn't be happier with how that's gone so far. Absolutely, and you should be uh, a great season for you. And, and yeah, like you completely turn your life around. Uh, we all get distracted here and there uh, from time to time. Yours was maybe a little bit more of an extenuating circumstance than others, but you were able to rise from the ashes, uh, mix up some pre-mix, pre-mix fuel, and, uh, and, and put the power to the ground weekend after weekend, uh, not missing any rounds. And thanks to uh, both SAR Steinbach Husk Varna, as well as myself, for loaning you uh, a, a 252 stroke to enjoy throughout the year to make sure that you were able to capture that championship. But uh, um, I think, as far as I know, you were almost able to wrap that thing up early um, as far as the championship went, and you were just supremely dominant uh, and, and actually pulling out a lot of race wins that I didn't have you penciled in for, uh, given the strength of some of your competition here and there. Um, so yeah, it is good on you for being able to win that. And then, uh, now heading off to the A class next, for, uh, for next season, uh, things are going to get a little bit tougher on you, but I think you're up to the task. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, that there, thanks to, uh, all the guys that, that helped keep me there because I mean, it wasn't without hurdles this season for sure. Um, kept plugging away. And I think the biggest thing for me was, uh, was having fun. Um, I I was having so much fun. I didn't want to miss a race. You know, I, I dug deep, had to dig deep at times. I mean, one race, I left a wedding in Kenora, Ontario at 10.30 at night, and the race was the next morning in Brandon, which, I mean, for those of you not familiar, that's, you know, a, a better, better part of a five-hour drive. So rolling in at 3 in the morning, getting up, to race at you know seven o'clock and six thirty in the morning. So, I mean, um, yeah, I can't say thank you enough to everybody that stuck with me for the season. And as far as the A class, I mean, at the start of this season, I had talked about moving up, maybe halfway through, not knowing if I was going to complete the series. But uh, I, I was scared and intimidated, and I think the biggest thing now with my confidence level is that. I'm excited for it, and I'm I'm happy to put in the work this winter. I want to come in to uh, the spring a little bit lighter. I'm going to get some suspension work done over the winter. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when the gate drops, I, I'm going for it. 
Um, I, I never thought I'd be in that spot, but we're really here. And, and I, uh, I don't just want to, you know, see the checkered flag in 10th place. I want to, I want to be in the top five banging bars every weekend. And, uh, I think if I put in the work, I'm going to be there. There you go, my friend. Well, uh, that, that's wish you the best of luck with that. Uh, we'll still yet to hear whether or not you'll be uh, continuing on with the uh, the beautiful white Husqvarna brand, or whether or not you switch colors. I think that decision is still yet to be made. But uh, regardless of what you line up on uh, in 2019, um, yeah, you'll, you'll have uh, some stiff competition ahead of you. But like I said, lap times are certainly there, and uh, with some added fitness and a, and a bike tuned in a little bit better than uh, the uh, the Husqvarna was this season, would uh, will just put you that much closer to the lap times, guys like Ryan Miller and the Firmers and everybody else. Um, before uh, I let you go, uh, let me just touch on this uh, experience that you had at Straight Rhythm once again. Uh, how did you end up winning that? Um, how did you enter in the first place? And uh, yeah, like uh, just kind of like walk us through that and, and how cool it was to hang out with those guys a little bit. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> relatively new to Instagram myself. Um, this past year, I figured it was a social media platform that everybody was using and only my friends were seeing my stuff on, on Facebook. So I decided to make an Instagram account. And yeah, just learning a little bit about it, liking the stuff I was into. I stumbled across Charlie Designs company, you know, I've loved and followed, not on social media, but in real life, I've followed forever. So I, I go to their page and I like and follow, or, you know, however you do that. And it said, this could be you, but the straight rhythm VIP experience, um, fly to Pomona, California. So it says link in bio, which I had to ask my girlfriend what that meant. Clicked on the link in their bio, it brought me to their website, which uh, was, as, if, if it would have been tough to enter the contest, I don't know if, if I even would have. It was simple. It was your name, your email address. I ended up uh, going to work the following week and, and sitting there for lunch. We just finished lunch. It was cold and actually snowing here. And I got an email from uh, who is now a friend of mine, Tim Daniels at uh, at Troy Lee Designs. And I could tell from the email address at, at TroyLeeDesigns.com that it was now spoof and it said, you've won. From there, uh, we started punching out the, the details, obviously, because depending on where somebody wins from, that would determine where the flight's from. And, um, it turns out you weren't supposed to be from Canada. But uh, Tim made me a deal that if I could get myself to Grand Forks, North Dakota, he would fly me out of there. So yeah. there you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we got there, and, and yeah, from there, I mean, the, the, Tim's like Tim picks us up from the airport in a big trolley designs van and gives us our swag package. And when we actually went to the event, he's like, "Yeah, we just kind of drive through here." We drove through the pits and people are getting out of the way of this big Charlie Designs van. And he actually never even gave me a wristband or anything to get in. Uh, apparently, you just need a a Charlie Designs van and you can get almost anywhere. So it's <laughs> it's pretty awesome. That's good to know. If if, if, I, if I ever uh, fail to get uh, Supercross credentials, I'll just uh, walk around with some Charlie stuff on. Yeah, uh, exactly. And uh, yeah, no. 
Um, just want to throw a shout out to that whole Troy Lee Designs team. Uh, they they were pretty awesome. It was uh, it was super exciting to go behind the scenes and meet you know and then Shane, but but other guys on the Troy Lee Designs team too, and, and see like the those guys they hang out with a guy named Jesse who, who looked after their flights and and you know hotel rooms and stuff like that. All part of the all the little jobs that you don't really know are there they really are and, and these people are, are just people like you and me at the end of the day and mm-hmm. once you break down those walls and and start really hanging out that's when it that's when it really became fun for sure absolutely and jesse's a good guy i get to hang out with him on a regular basis at the track um but yeah like uh, I'm, I'm so happy to have had you on here uh jake to kind of give a little bit of uh background story to your situation uh or your se- your season i know uh your your dad's a huge supporter of your racing your 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 brother uh started racing as well this year uh total family effort cool to ha- see your dad out there uh spinning the wrenches for you and making sure that all things are good uh on race day and uh it was just awesome to see you race all season long man yeah, well, no, thanks. Uh, I really appreciate that, Brad, and and you know I appreciate your support. You're kind of a guy I just bumped into on the internet, and uh, <laughs> we had the same same passion. And I've 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 thought that, and I know that it took something for you to lend me your bike and and hook me up with some of the stuff you hooked me up with, and I'm super appreciative of that. And uh, I don't take that for granted. I really do appreciate it. Hey, no problem, my friend. The uh, the pleasure is all mine. Um, before I let you go, um, you run the number 264, same number that uh, Ryan Sipes runs, oddly enough, on a Husqvarna. Uh, what's with the number change considering uh, you were, you were uh, 377 for a long time? Um, yeah, the first number I rode was 377. My dad's old motocross number was 37, and it was... My my number was originally going to be 37. Um, when we filled out my first CMRC race license, it came back as 377. So I ran that number for years. Uh, and then we we took a stab at getting a two digit number, and uh, yeah, that was when all of Canada was sanctioned together. So it was quite tough. And the first one that they could give me at the junior level was was 64. So uh, I ran 64 for years and. and did really well with it um and kind of 264 was uh yeah i felt like i was doing with my comeback i was going to come back but i didn't really want any attention on me so yeah as silly as that sounds i felt like i really hadn't earned a two-digit number so uh i just decided to add a two onto onto my number and and make it three-digit until uh until i earned myself a ranked number so that's what i did there you go. Well, uh, yeah, not going to make any waves out there looking like Ryan Sipes, tell you that much. But uh, you did a great job this <laughs> year, my friend. Um, it was a pleasure to watch you uh, charge through the pack, grab those hole shots, and uh, and take my dirt bike to its very first two overall finishes uh, uh that uh, the 95 has ever experienced so pumped on that my friend uh keep doing what you do um we'll, we'll we'll let you go here on the big mx radio podcast show i'm sure i'll text you later to uh to debrief and, and you'll you'll be uh uh you'll be way too hard on yourself based on how this went but uh great little interview glad to have you on and uh we'll we'll, we'll do this again sometime
Okay. Thanks a lot, Brad. Anytime, my friend. Uh, Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast's sake, we'll cut it off right there.